day 19. Today I was happy to be able to go to the patio at Yellow Cup Cafe, which not quite up to the standards of some much-loved cafes in Wellington and Lower Hutt, is a Toronto favourite. I would like to apologise for causing Ailsa anxiety by hopping up steps and moving tables unaccompanied while she was inside ordering. Today, I'm thankful for favourite places and being able to enjoy oasis of refreshment with good company. Great experiences can often be described as priceless, and good food is always tasty. But there is more to know and enjoy, which is yet more priceless and tasty. I wonder what you think about God. I mean, quietly. What thoughts circulate in your head? I guess we'd like to think that God loves us, because if not, then who does? But does that love feel more like a reluctant obligation or an enthusiastic commitment? I believe we want to trust in God's power and provision. But is God really up to the job? Does the Lord understand the complexity of my life? And is what he gives me really what I need, what I want, or even any good? What is the limit of my wonder, living in a big city with bright lights, fast food, and sirens? David, in Psalm 19, looks to a different horizon. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the end of the world. In the heavens... God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. 
This is a great psalm charged with memorable imagery through its poetry. David speaks of two great testimonies to the glory of God, the heavens and the law. There is something about the sky, the night sky with stars and galaxies shining against a clear deep blue backdrop, a sunset streaking the evening with a technicolour palette of pink, mauve, orange and crimson, soaring cloud formations over water. These things always bring me up short. They go beyond natural wonder and testify to the work of the Creator. If you listen and look, you can hear and see this testament to God's glory. Interestingly, this is not a verbal testimony. There is no speech or words or sound. This is a visual demonstration. It is graphic. They say a picture is worth a thousand words. These heavens are a constantly changing picture that pours forth volumes of words and reveals knowledge. But although there are no literal words, there is a voice that goes into all the earth and words that go to the ends of the world. It's worth noting that when the disciples are commissioned by Jesus to take the good news to the ends of the earth, that these are places that have already heard testimony from God. Paul tells the Romans, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. This, of course, only underlines the need for the good news to be clearly shared to everyone everywhere. And important to remember, this message did not originate in Europe or come in colonial clothes. David finishes speaking about creation by referencing the sun and comparing it to a bridegroom and a champion. David then moves on to another witness, the law of the Lord. God's word is not some musty, dusty tome. It is not designed to oppress or to bore. Where the first witness was visual, this witness uses words. God's law is perfect, refreshing the soul, trustworthy, making wise the simple, right, giving joy to the heart, radiant, giving light to the eyes. It is firm, righteous, precious and sweet, more precious than the most precious thing, more sweet than the sweetest thing, like gold and honey a solid and a liquid which stimulate appetite for more, which warm and warn as they draw and guide. They reveal God's character and point forward to a great reward. They connect with the fear of the Lord which endures forever. So we have inspiration and instruction going together, leading to confession a prayer for forgiveness, a recognition that we all have blind spots, a prayer that God will forgive hidden sins 
and not let willful sins rule over him. This reminder of the glory of God and reflection on the word of God ends with a commitment, a desire to be blameless in God's sight. David is not adopting a comparative standard and hoping to be better than those around him. He understands that pure and blameless are God's standards and are absolute. David asks that the words of his mouth and the meditation of his heart would be pleasing in God's sight. This last verse of Psalm 19 is often uttered and sometimes muttered by preachers at the start or close of a sermon, and you can see why. But it is a life verse that goes well beyond clergy in the pulpit. It comes first from the mouth of a king to be shared and sung with the whole people. I have a good friend who is a judge in New Zealand. When sitting in court, it is his custom to pause at the door and quietly pray. This would be a great prayer for a judge. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. But it's also a great prayer for an accountant, a graphic designer, an HR specialist, an entrepreneur, a manager, a teacher, a nurse, a salesman, an engineer, a sailor, a pilot, an athlete, a parent at home, or anyone who has a desire to please God in their daily life. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And maybe another prayer, that the people around us would appreciate the glory of God in creation and glimpse a little more of that reality through our good deeds, that they too might praise the Father in heaven and begin to appreciate God's word, which is priceless and tasty. <laughs>